Hey guys, today we're talking about some of the expectations that Jesus has for us in sharing the gospel and what it means to be a follower of him and how that all kind of shakes out. So let's get into it. So last week we talked about how Jesus picked a small group of people, right? The 12 disciples, but there were other people who followed him closely, including women, right? And he built into them and then sent them out and said, go tell people about God's kingdom, right? And this first verse is kind of going to be part of that. It says Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. And this is Jesus talking. And Jesus is saying, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and the birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus here is saying, like, the smallest thing can turn into something huge, and that's exactly what he did. For our small group, we also read a story, kind of again, about seeds. It was about a farmer who um, threw some seeds in different places. Some, um, he just kind of scatters them everywhere. Some land on a path, some land um, in some ground, but it's like rocky. Some uh, land in some good soil. uh, And some of them, you know, grow up and and weeds kind of tangle in them and, and, and kill the plants out. But the point of it is Jesus is asking us to indiscriminately show the gospel in everything we do. That doesn't mean we have to be like the crazy running around using bullhorns people saying, you need to go and repent. And like, I mean, there may be a time and place for that, but it's in in general everyday walking around life. That's not going to help you too much or advance the kingdom very far. But he's saying the way we live, the way we act, the way we respond to people, the way we share in people's pain and hurt um, and walk alongside them in that, the way that we show people mercy and grace, especially when they don't deserve it, those are the times that we can be scattering this gospel seed and sharing the good news with people and showing them that God is different than this judgmental, harsh God that they believe he might be, if they think he exists at all, um, and that God's kingdom is far different than the realities that we know are feel true in this world, right, where you have to hurt other people and be selfish and and all these things that we think are success, but they really, really aren't, right? All of these things can can be shown by us. And when we do that, that's us sharing the gospel, guys. Like, I know sometimes we, like, get in our head that, like, evangelism or sharing the gospel is, like, this theological debate that you have with someone. And it just hardly ever is that. Because if you get to that point, that person probably isn't going to change their mind, and you're probably not going to change your mind either. So, I mean, you can learn some stuff from each other maybe, but at the same time, like, just showing people that kindness and love will do it, um, but we need to know what we're talking about as well. So, that idea, again, from the smallest of seeds to the biggest of things, um, Jesus says that can happen, right? And he just says, throw the gospel out everywhere. It should just be part of who you are, like your daily life, just throwing it out there. People will notice it and recognize it. And then maybe they'll talk to you about it, or maybe some act of kindness, or maybe you actually pray for someone. Like they're having a hard time. You say, I want to pray for you. Don't say, I'll pray for you and act like you're going to do it at home because you probably won't. Pray for them right then. It's a powerful thing. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. In fact, if they don't really know God or Jesus and they kind of think it's weird, a short prayer is probably real good but God will hear you. The Holy Spirit will do work through the prayer and they'll do work in that person's life. 
don't miss those opportunities. I can't tell you how many people I've I've prayed with or done ministry with, and I didn't think anything good came from it. And then later, looking down the line, seeing the, the people of faith that they've become, it's a, a truly humbling and amazing thing to know that the Holy Spirit worked and just a little seed I planted helped them get to a place where they are, right? It's nothing that I ever did, but you can have that feeling too, right? Like you can build into people and sow the seed of goodness and love and kindness. Like if you want to change the world, this is how we change the world, right? It's not getting elected to a political office. That stuff's a mess, right? And just indiscriminately sowing the seeds of the gospel, showing God's kindness, love, mercy, calling for justice when it is required, right? It is doing that. And if we do that, we're changing the world. So, sorry, that was a big crazy thing. So why do we share the gospel? What's the purpose of it? We read Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. And this is Paul talking. He says, so we, him and his group of guys who go around to different cities and, and plant churches, right? He says, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them perfect in their relationship to Christ. That is why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me, right? Even here, Paul's saying, all this wisdom I have, it comes from God, right? Like, he studies the scriptures hard, but like, he knows the Holy Spirit is helping him. And he doesn't depend on his own good graces or his own amazing character, his own amazing speaking abilities, right? He depends on the power of Christ. There's one point where he says, I don't use flowery language and make these, you know, really exciting speeches. I just plainly tell people the gospel because I want to know that it's the gospel that's saving people and people aren't just coming to hear me because I'm awesome at speaking, right? He says that in, in Corinthians. And also that word perfect that comes in, I just want us to get that right. This doesn't mean that if you're trying to lead someone to Christ and you tell them about Jesus, that all of a sudden they're going to change and they have to be absolutely perfect, right? Remember, we talked about last week or a couple weeks ago, there's no cookie cutter like Christian, right? Like you don't have to fit inside all these parameters and check all these exact boxes to be a Christian. There are some things we have to check, right? Like we believe that Jesus raised from the dead, that he really was real, right? That the Holy Spirit is real, that God created everything, that mercy and forgiveness is for everyone. There, there's some things that you have to say if you're going to be a Christian, but there's a whole lot of other things that there's some room to move around and have freedom, right? Actually, most of it is. So this idea of being perfect isn't like whatever weird uh, model you think they're trying to mold they are trying to think that like Christian people are trying to push people into. It's That's not what perfect means, right? Actually, this word uh, that they use in Greek means like that you're moving on towards perfection, which meaning means like you're growing in something, right? That means like you're getting better at it. So not only, so it just means that you're telling them about the gospel, that they're going to continue to grow in it, which means you tell them about the gospel. And if there's someone that you know and care about, you actually walk alongside them and help them get to know how do I get closer to Christ? You answer their questions. You let them model, you model the life of living for Jesus for them and they kind of pick up on it and they kind of know how to do it and they'll be able to keep growing. So it's not, you're going to make someone perfect. That's not on us because um, none of us are either, but the Holy Spirit can work in us and teaching them how, what that looks like and how, how to go through that. That's a big part of it. So we just want to tell people about Christ and we want to present them as a person who is growing in their relationship, right? 
That's all Paul is saying, and he's trusting the Holy Spirit to help him do that. So, what do we share? What is this message we're supposed to share? We could go really long on this, but I'm just going to go on a really quick thing. John chapter 7, 37 39, there's this big festival going on, um, and Jesus goes to the temple, and he actually stands up and shouts to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And here Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, which is going to be given to everyone who believes in him. John kind of added that little uh, theological point for us, which was great. But Jesus literally just says this random sentence, right? And you're like, what is that? Why? Yeah, we realize most of us were made up of a lot of water, so you could say that. But Jesus is literally saying, like, no, like, I have life flowing through me, and I can offer it to you. That's a crazy sentence, but that's what we get to share. That's the message that the God of the universe wants relationship with you, and he can show you what life really is, right? It's not all this striving and struggling and yearning for things that we can't have or things that won't fulfill us. Jesus is saying, no, like I actually am what you need. That's the message we get to share, right? It doesn't mean that there aren't struggles, but man, it means that we get to drink from life itself. We get to find joy and peace and fullness and purpose in Christ. And we can search for it in a bunch of other ways and we probably won't get there ever right? Nothing's going to satisfy us and fulfill us like Christ will, because we were made to be in relationship with him. So here's something that was written by a guy named Robert Coleman. He says, we cannot give something away which we do not possess ourselves. The very ability to give away our life in Christ is proof of its possession, nor can we withhold that which we possess in the spirit of Christ and still keep it. The Spirit of God always insists on making Christ known, right? He's saying we can't give away Jesus if we don't have Jesus, right? If, you're, if we're struggling to, to share with people or, or want to share with people, he's saying, man, get in your Bible, read, like get close to God, right? Like we talked about last week, follow in his footsteps, be covered in his dust, be a disciple of his, right? Don't just be an admirer, be someone who actually follows him right? Get some skin in the game. Care about it, um, right? Get Put your time in with it, right? And he says, and if we do possess it, we can't withhold it and hoard it for ourselves, right? Because the Spirit doesn't want that. It, we won't keep it. There's no magical powers to have if we're not telling people about Christ, right? Like, there's just nothing. Like, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that so people can grow and know his kingdom, and, and God's community can, can be edified and built up. So if everything we do is just selfishly for ourselves, Jesus, you're just my little Jesus, and you make me feel good about myself, we're missing out on the absolute power and joy of the Holy Spirit, right? Because I love that. The Spirit of God always insists on making Christ known. Man, is that true. I never thought I would be a, a youth pastor doing this, guys, honestly. But after Jesus got a hold of me, I just couldn't stop. I just can't stop. This is the most exciting thing in the world because I know Jesus is real, guys. We've seen him. I've told you guys about miracles and stuff. Like, oh, my gosh. 
Jesus is amazing. So the question is, you're like, but what if we fail? Like, I don't want to talk to a friend and fail or have them hate me. Or again, if you're just indiscriminately sowing your gospel seed everywhere you go, right? Throwing it out in kindness and love and mercy and and calling things that are unjust, unjust and working to make them better. People aren't going to get mad at you for that. They might, but that's okay. That means you're probably stepping on their toes a little bit if they're being the ones who are perpetrating injustice, if nothing else. So if we fail, what if the people like, okay, I'm inviting somebody to luck and they don't come, or I invite my friend to a thing and they just don't show up, or they come to a thing, but then they're like, ah, it's not for me, and they walk away. Again, the, sm the smallest seed, that mustard seed, right? You don't know what God has planted. It might not be for you to see what it turns into later, right? But you giving the opportunity to share that you care about Jesus and what he's done for you, guys, that'll do something in their hearts at some point, right? So what if we fail? Jesus, again, with that story of scattering the seed, a lot of the seeds don't make it, right? And Jesus isn't mad at the farmer. He's not, he's just like, that's just the way it is. You throw some seeds and sometimes stuff grows and there's stuff that picks it off, stuff that chokes it out and it doesn't always work. But when it does, it's amazing, right? That's what that story is about, all right, so he's not saying that we're going to have a perfect batting average or our shooting percentage is going to be perfect. We're just talking about basketball, sorry. But we're, we're just supposed to try, right? We're not going to make every basketball shot we try, and it's okay. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that... Yeah, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. All right? And then Jesus prays for all of the disciples, uh, and he prays for us right before he gets arrested to be beaten and crucified. And this is what he's praying in John 17. It's an amazing chapter. Read it. It's always encouraging, always just mind-bending to see what Jesus was thinking about before he knew he was going to face the cross. But this is verses 17 through 20 of John 17. It says, They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Talking about his disciples. He says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Right? He's praying that the Holy Spirit will still help these guys who have walked with him for three years and heard him teach every day and seen what he does, that the Holy Spirit would still help them understand the Bible. Make that a prayer. Be like, God, when I open the Bible... Please have your spirit help me understand it. Tie it together for me. Tell me what you mean. And the Holy Spirit will never disappoint you. Promise. So, all right, Jesus goes on to say, Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us right now. If you believe in Jesus, it's because those guys actually went and did what Jesus asked. He says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Right? We have to be in Jesus, and Jesus is with the Father. Like, it's all tangled up in one, right? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, like, the Trinity's a thing. We'll get there in a few weeks. But, guys, follow Jesus. Live under his life. If he's really this great source of life and water, like he stood up and said at that festival, 
let's point people to it, right? There are people who are thirsty, who think there is nothing in this life that satisfies. And there really is. It's Jesus. So let's point people to him and not be scared to constantly be broadcasting, throwing these seeds of the gospel out and and be willing to be used by Christ and know that the Holy Spirit's power will be doing it through us, not us doing it. Love you guys. Have an awesome week. Thank you.